0: This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey guys, this is uh, Marcus again from uh, Dune NewsNet, and we're excited to uh, come with another episode about uh, all the movie news uh, that's been coming out the the past week. Uh, So uh, I'm here together with uh, Simon. Hey everyone, how's everyone going? Hey, we're almost
1: there, people. We're almost there. Italy will have the movie by the time a month out. By the time this is up, exciting times.
2: And uh, welcome back to Johnny. Hey, everyone, happy to be back. It's been too long, but here we are. There's plenty to talk about. Um, and as uh, you know, Simon said, it is getting close. Um, By the time this is up, I mean, it's basically two weeks until the premiere uh, at Venice. So that'll be when we really, people are actually going to see this thing and we'll know for sure what's up. Um, So very exciting.
1: That reminds me, I need to request a day off in October (laughs) or something at work. works listening, uh,
0: I have a family event I need to go to. Yeah, so so close uh, really exciting and um yeah i think pretty much in the on last week we've got gotten another big wave of uh, of dune movie news so let's just uh jump right in dune movie news so the first uh story we're going to cover today is um la- last week uh, thursday we got a a bunch of new character uh, teasers that were introducing uh, House Atreides. So we, we of course, got the, the core family, uh, Duke, Duke Leto, uh, Lady Jessica, Paul Atreides, and then we got the their loyal retainers. So we got um, Duncan Idaho, uh, Gurney Halleck, and uh, Dr. Yui. So it was a good introduction to, uh, to both the core family and uh, the characters who are supporting them cl- closely. Um, so let's start with you uh simon what was your reaction to uh to those uh, six uh, teasers
1: well my first reaction was i saw them as i was editing the last show i was like oh of course these come out after we're done recording uh i liked them i liked them all and i was surprised that we had a yui i did not picture yui being one
0: of them what did you think uh, johnny
2: yeah um well, uh, the first thing was surprise cause we weren't really expecting it. Um, and it came from IGN posted them first on Thursday. Uh, and in the article, which you actually had to click into, to get to the videos at first, they had a bunch of details saying that this was basically the first batch of videos that we were going to be getting. They said next Thursday, we'll have some for the Fremen characters. And then the Thursday after that, um, the day, which will be the day before the premiere will be the, uh, Harkonnen, um, videos for characters so that's exciting it's very well orchestrated seems like an organized um ign is obviously a big outlet so it's nice to see them kind of chipping in and, and that'll definitely get some eyeballs on it um and then they said every thursday after that leading up till the october 22nd release in the us they'll have some new uh new material so it sounds like they have a really good barrage kind of lined up and at this point as we said we're getting so close um, It seems like every day there's something to talk about or or mention, or there's an article written about it from something. So that's great. I mean, exposure, exposure, exposure is is the key here. Um, And I really like these videos. They were short and sweet. Didn't show too much. Um, My one real complaint, and it's really not, you know, the marketing team decides this for whatever reason, but the fact that there's these little blocky, you know, cell phone videos instead of the wide, like full aspect ratio. So you don't really get to appreciate each shot like you would like in a trailer or something, but the stuff in them is great. Um, I'd say the standouts for me would be, uh, the, well, there's really a standout in every single one, but the ones that I really liked the thopter, uh, moment in Mm -hmm. Leto's video, which we saw in the IMAX preview, which, uh, was definitely a jaw dropper. And then, uh, there's the moment with uh rebecca ferguson as lady jessica there's a couple in there there's one where she's uh attacking a trooper in uh thopter which is really cool and straight out of the book um and there's also really interesting kind of mystifying image of her what looks like in a siege or something um there's like almost like hieroglyphics like on the wall and she's like in a, a lotus pose and she has uh it's it's very similar to what we were seeing in the trailer, um, yeah. but in a just different setting, it seems like. Um, so that's really cool. I'm digging these uh and I'm looking forward to the ones we get tomorrow. Um, which there was a little bit of an incident with I where we kind of got some early <laughs> uh and, and got to see some of those, but it'll be nice they'll be out officially tomorrow. Um and I also noticed that the Dune social media pages they give ign like 24 hours to have them and then the next day on friday they went and posted them themselves and got that kind of extra exposure out to the fans so
0: that's cool to see and i'm looking forward to it Yeah, it's been an interesting dynamic. As you mentioned, it would have been nice to see the the full aspect uh, ratio for these, but at least does seem that they took the approach that this is first for social media. Like you had the first video that was actually posted by uh, Timothy Chalamet himself on his his Instagram, mm. and uh, you know it's been uh, all over social media. So it does look like they're they're leading heavily into into those channels and. Yeah, it's great to see the the Dune movie account uh, finally active after laying dormant for for some time and engaging with with the fans. I think uh, it's been getting a lot of uh, people excited. Um, yeah, thinking about some of the the scenes. So, of course, we we, we saw like it was a bunch of of olden or like previously revealed and and footage, some from the from the IMAX theater. So, we did see the scene in a couple of them with uh, with uh, Paul and and Gurney running uh, in a desert. Uh, which which is also the, the scene where where they're running away from the, the sandworm. So that that was uh that was pretty cool to see. Um and one of the, the scenes I, I really liked was uh, one from Duke Leto when he's like uh, walking in front of the Atreides uh troops and they're cheering him on and it's like yeah. all this uh, excitement I feel like like j- just that that Duke Leto teaser like the, the music the atmosphere of it like it was re- really uh, like uh yeah a lot of hype and seeing like how loyal uh uh, his his, his uh, people are to him and like what what a, a popular leader he is. I, I thought they did an excellent uh, job with, with that one. Uh, Simon, what was your favorite of the of the six? You know
1: what? The Lido might be my favorite. As much as I love Duncan, I think the Lido was and it's funny Johnny that you mentioned the square because I was showing Marcus how I got the videos ready for the editing of the show. I'm like, I hate that they're square. Why can't we get them full? But it makes sense. I mean, how often do we check social media per day and the average person might see them as an ad on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And it'll fit more than I think that's something sadly that we're going to get more and more of, but also it will make us appreciate the full scope of the movie when fingers crossed, we can see it in the theaters, you know, but I'm excited. I think my least favorite one was probably the Gurney one. I like the really? whole smile Gurney, but I feel like I feel like that's played out a little bit in my head now.
0: <laughs> well, he's always smiling, right? So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the, what I really liked from from that one was that we did get to see more of that that scene with with him and Paul, and like the intensity of of that that fight, and like uh, you you found the the, the mood. So I, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it, it was cool to show that relationship with with them. It's like all, all of them, in, in a sense, they, they touch on Paul's relationships with the characters, like whether he was with his with his parents, you know, Leto giving the that serious conversation to him about leadership, or his friendship with uh, with Duncan uh, Duncan Idaho, or like uh, Gurney Halleck as a more serious ment- uh, mentor. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I really liked how how you got to see him from from those different. Um, uh perspectives uh johnny did did you have another one that stood out to you
2: yeah well it's funny i think the gurney one at least from what i saw um on facebook and like reddit and stuff people really seem to like that one because it is straight out of the book like it's pretty much line for line um like typical like classic gurney which i think is cool um really like the letter one really like the lady jessica one um, there was a couple of moments. The Yui one I thought was really interesting, as you kind of point out, that they gave him a video. Um, and this is... We're doing book spoilers, right? Yeah. Okay. So I just... I think that's clever because, of course, if you're including him with the family videos, it's like, oh, well, this seems like a... A cool dude and you're not gonna maybe suspect anything um which is d- definitely makes sense to do that and I, I really thought it was what the moments that they included in there they didn't include too many um mm-hmm. but there's like the part where paul says you know what's doctor you doing here yeah. um it just it kind of it, it was very uh kind of unsettling like well what, what's what's going on and he talks about the spice and how it's affecting him um it kind of seems to me like maybe that scene is after the harvester scene where he's like hit with the spice for the first time um and then that's when they call in yui and they kind of explain that um for the audience and for paul so i think that could be uh pretty interesting Uh, but i really like these and i'm really i'm really looking forward to officially getting the fremen ones tomorrow because i think those are going to be especially interesting for for fans and new people
0: yeah, I think that's that's a good point about the, Dr. Yu, and I think that that would fit in terms of the placement. Like he has that unexpected uh, reaction to the spice, and then you know he's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, his mother is is obviously really worried about him. And I've, it also shows that he, you know, he, he doesn't have a close relationship with with Yui. You know, like what's what's he doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I think uh, that that was nice, nice to see that contrast. And then, of course, you get to see the car- characterization of the the souk, uh, doctors. So they're they're the uh, really trusted physicians of of the um, Dune universe. So they they have this conditioning that they 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 basically uh, are not able to take a human life. Um, so they're basically trusted and like can be considered fit to serve the the emperor, which uh, which some of them them do. So uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's good that they're uh, they're showing that and also their skills, how they can see someone's uh, physiological and psychological state just with uh, with touching them. Uh, so I thought it was uh, yeah good good to see that uh, we we haven't seen much of him. The part I'm really that got me really excited about the Jessica one
1: is when you actually hear Stillgard talking to her. I love Javier Bardem's accent. And that's exactly. the Truman one I'm excited about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if you didn't get a chance to, to watch these, uh, these character teasers, uh, we have all of them posted on the, on the website as well. So I'll have a, a link in the show notes. So let's go to our second story for today. And this was an interview that, uh, yeah, was uh, led to quite a number of reactions um, online. Uh, so basically, um, Italian magazine uh, La Repubblica had had run an interview with uh, Denise Villeneuve ahead of the um, Venice Film Festival. So they were they were talking about the the movie, like getting into insights about uh, you know creating the movie. What was his his perspective? Uh, they also had some some angles about what what he wanted to, to do next. Um, but there was one um, section of that interview that that really caught uh, everybody's uh, attention. So. Um, the interviewer had had asked, uh, you know, how he felt about working with uh, the big stars, uh, Timothy Chalamet and, and Zendaya, and uh, uh, Villeneuve uh, re- recounted about how, uh, you know, when it came to to the role of, of Paul Atreides, he knew immediately immediately that Timothy was uh, Paul Atreides, so it was a br- really clear decision for him. There was no plan Plan B. Um, then, when it came to um, uh, Zendaya, he didn't immediately have someone in, in mind, but uh, she really impressed him in that first uh, audition and he knew immediately that uh, that she was going to be the, the desert tiger. I liked how, how he characterized uh, that. Um, and he came with this quote, I'm honored uh, to present two such explosive talents on screen and I can't wait uh, to shoot the second part of Dune to have them back together knowing that in the next uh, chapter, uh, Zendaya will be the protagonist of the story. And of course, uh, everybody especially picked up on that that last line. Of course, that that, that whole quote is is really important. Uh, let's start with you, uh, Johnny. What was your initial reaction to this when you saw the, the article? Yeah,
2: so I was really excited <laughs> about uh, this for a number of reasons. Um, of course the the main thing that everyone has to keep in mind, and I said this cause I did like, I basically did a little thread that kind of on Twitter that really broke down the main key quotes from this. Um, and my the very first thing I said to preface it was it's been translated like multiple yeah. times probably um, cause he doesn't speak Italian to my knowledge. Um, so <laughs> he would have bit then, you know, said it in English and then had it go to Italian and then someone had to translate it back. But, the bottom line is that this is really exciting because it's first off acknowledging part two again um, and, you know, expressing excitement, expressing, you know, interest in that and going to that level. Um, And then of course, talking about Chalamet and Zendaya in particular, I think that is something that people are looking for and and looking to just because they are so popular right now uh, and, and really talented and kind of like rising stars, even though they are like, Really, it's a couple of the biggest stars in the world. Um, and so, but of course, the thing that a lot of people latched on to was the comment about Zendaya and her role in the sequel, which of course is, um, to people who have read the book, this quote, at least for me, didn't really stand out, like especially in a strange way or like a surprising mm-hmm. way. Shawnee um, is a huge part of the book um, and her relationship with Paul is a huge part of the book um and now i think when you're translating something from a book to the film of course things are going to change you're going to increase screen time for certain characters or increase you know build relationships in a different way than you would on the page um so i think it makes perfect sense that zendaya and johnny is going to have a bigger presence maybe a lot more screen time potentially in a part two um just because she is kind of paul's into the fremen culture um that you know in the same way that lady jessica i think in this part one is going to be the female lead of this movie and is very much you know one of the main characters of the book probably second to paul of course i think in the second movie zendaya would be you know as chani would be the female lead or you know right there kind of balancing screen time with paul whether they're in the same scenes together where whether they're in different parts of the story doing their own things i think that that's going to be uh, an important um viewpoint uh, as a character and, and and to form the narrative in a way and again knowing if you're if you've read the book or if you've read you know dune messiah or if you're more familiar with the series at large this makes even more sense to do this um and i think so reading it maybe offhand as someone, if you were not familiar with the book or if you have only read maybe the first book, it seems kind of like, well, that doesn't really make sense or the translation seems kind of wonky or whatever. I think it still makes sense. You know, even if that translation is 100% accurate, I still think it makes sense and I think it would be a wise move. I really like the quote that he said about the audition process and almost feeling like regretful about it Hmm. Um, because it's, In retrospect for me when this cast was coming together and this was a film i was really excited about every casting move seemed like brilliant and like so obvious but like also surprising and for zendaya when i heard she was cast as chani i was like hmm i was like you know i never would have thought of her and i don't really know how i feel about her but i'm i trust it like i'm willing to give that a chance like i think that's an interesting choice Um, And I think it's even more interesting now knowing confirmed that there was an audition process. She wasn't just contacted and chosen for the role. She actually had to compete to some extent. I think that, of course, boosts that profile a little bit more and makes that more exciting. And based on what we've seen, whether it's the trailers or we've all seen the IMAX preview including the opening 10 minutes, which is very much focused with Johnny. She's, she's great. I, I really do like her in this and she's even impressed me um, more than I was expecting. I really like her like on euphoria and other things I've seen her. And I think that she could really do a good job with this role. And it makes me want to even see not just part two, which I'm excited about what he's talking about here, but, you know, potentially a Dune Maasai movie or more, Stories down the road. Uh, I think that's all. It just it all sounded great to me. I know there's been kind of like mixed feelings, but um, I think if you take it at face value and and also use some other context, I think it makes sense and is
0: reason to be excited. Yeah. Totally. Uh, one of the things that was interesting, and we've put that together from, from various uh, interviews and Zendaya herself mentioned that, uh, you know, she wasn't in the movie very much. So uh, mm-hmm. I know that there, there's been some, some reports that she maybe was on set for about a week, uh, give, or, give or take a bit less, a bit more. Um, but mm-hmm. what, when we, what we saw of her in the trailer and the IMAX preview with, with her really being the, the narrator and the, the voice for, for people uh it's it's clear that that Villeneuve, he does have that that vision looking ahead part two. as as uh, a lot of people have mentioned you don't just cast uh, Zendaya to be in your movie for for five minutes uh, so it's clear that he does have that that vision of what's coming next we, we've heard that from from Roger Yuan as well with with you know he's going to have a a role in the next movie in in a, in a certain mm-hmm. uh, scene with uh, against a uh, fade. Um, so it's, it's clear that they were filming part one, uh, but they were, they had part two in in the back of their, their minds. Uh, So what what stood out to you most from, uh, from this quote or the discussion overall? Well, my first reaction when I saw Zendaya star
1: part two, I was like, all right, this is a little bit of clickbait action right now. But like you said, Johnny and Marcus, if you read the book. You know, Zendaya plays a crucial part after the end of part one. And let's not forget that the book is actually broken up into three different books. And she would make sense to be a big part of part two. Because he doesn't want to call it Dune 2. Also, that's something he's making very clear. (laughs) Um, First of all, before anything else, he's talking about part two. So let's all be happy about that. Um, I think it's great. I think there's also that time gap after what supposedly how part one ends. I don't want to go in spoilers. In the book. And what if Paul's changes happens, but we also see it through Zendaya, you know, Chani's voice and we see, her talking to maybe jessica maybe they get that bond and it's like hey something's happening with paul i'm not too sure what's going on and we see a montage of paul changing all but i'm excited and yes if they are making dune messiah which is technically the second book uh but would be part three movie wise it's like some harry potter stuff right now (laughs) But um, he plays a crucial role. Chani is one of the main characters. Yes, Paul's going to have to be introduced to the Fremen's very much like we are going to be. And Zendaya slash Chani is his, his person that's going to introduce him to this different world. I think it's great that we get House of Tradies and we get introduced to them through Duke Leto. We get introduced to, through Jessica, you know, And everyone that we saw in those little teasers. But Zendaya needs to introduce Paul to her world. Show him, you know, I hate doing a Disney song, but it it would be part of a whole new world with Zendaya. I think it's good. I think it's awesome that Denis is already writing part two, you know. I It gives me hope. It gives me hope that they shot some stuff already for part two. Like, I remember when we did the trailer breakdown, the golden suit, that has to be in part two or some kind of weird vision. So, I'm excited. I think the internet blew something out of proportion, like, you know, like always.
0: They're both going to be the star of part two, and maybe some other characters. <coughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually one other quote I wanted to read from Denis, and this was from 2020. Uh, It was from from the interview with with Empire, Empire, where where Denis was talking about uh, the character of Paul Atreides. Uh, So he said, uh, Paul has been raised in a very strict environment with a lot of training, because he's the son of a duke, and one day he's training to be the duke. Uh, But as much as he's been prepared and trained for that role, is it really what he dreams to be? That's the contradiction of that character it's like uh, michael corleone in the godfather it's something that has someone who has a very tragic fate and he will become something that he's not wishing to to become so from from that aspect it's it's really interesting because we know that paul is a, a complex character he's he's going on this amazing journey and of course you know this the, the story is is centering around around paul like he's he's going to he's the driving force behind this like his his transformation, the vision he's going to have, uh, t- taking leadership of, of the Fremen people, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see a lot of those those scenes from, in this case, from, from Chani's uh, perspective. Like, uh, I, I won't go into detail on the next exact scene, but we know that in the there, that uh, Paul and Chani uh, suffer a major loss, and uh, that's literally covered in one sentence, and, and that's it, that's all you hear about. And uh, I can imagine, like, actually seeing Chani's full reaction to that scene in in question would be amazing on on screen, you know, based on, you know, uh, how we've seen her portray her characters in other films, uh, thinking about what you mentioned, Johnny, about her performance in Euphoria. Like imagine Mm -hmm. like that scene with with Chani reacting to it. It's like uh, uh, really, really looking forward to seeing some of those emotional scenes. Um, uh, I'm actually getting goosebumps just thinking about (laughs) possibly (laughs) seeing
1: that scene. And it is, I never thought about it. In the book, it's mentioned, It sure is an important part, but seeing it through her eyes would bring a whole new level. You know, this is an adaptation of the book. It's not word for word. And I believe Denis can make that scene, I don't want to say beautiful, but he can bring some Denis to it and make it feel like what we should feel when that scene happens.
0: Yeah, and, uh, Johnny. One thing I want to ask you: so, like, when this Story first first came out? Like, uh, I wrote about it on Do News Net on the Friday, and then like over the the weekend and on on the Monday. Like, it seemed like there was an increasingly a, a wave of articles that were were with uh, increasingly confusing uh, headlines. Like, for example, some people were uh, uh, even some reputable outlets were were saying, you know, like uh, Zendaya is going to re- replace Chalamet as a lead in in uh, in Part Two. And and I, I liked your your comment about how any uh, any news at this point is like positive because it's getting attention for 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 the movie, but what what was your reaction when you saw like all the like all these even reputable media outlets getting <laughs> carried away <laughs> uh well, to be quite honest i mean i I went to
2: school for journalism like I am a writer i' am, I am like a reporter I'm part of like the media, I guess you could say uh unofficially but uh i mean it, I was not surprised in the least like it's the, it was really the most predictable thing that was going to happen. Um, I honestly, I was just surprised it took so long for some people to pick up on it and to run with it. Like they did. Um, I mean, there's literally still running with it as we speak. So, and it's been like a week. Um, so that that's, it is what it is. As you mentioned, as I said, um, yeah, at this point, all news is good news. Like the fact that people are talking about it so much, um, and really, yeah there's been some like strange like pushback to this maybe some negativity or like the way it's been spun but i think overall people are still like oh yeah like that's like sounds exciting like more zendaya we would love to see that um especially her fans and i mentioned i think that uh you know if there's one thing he was gonna say like like he knows what he's doing like he's clever he's trying to galvanize that fan base he's trying to kind of Get them into the theater, or get them to watch this um, in some form or fashion, and to support it, and to ask for a second movie. Because um, if people really like her in this, or they really, and they really like the movie, they're going to want to see a whole another movie like this where she is like a main presence. Um, and I think one last part that I wanted to mention as well is that this came. You know, we got the second trailer almost a month ago now, which is kind of strange to think about. Um, and the last shot in that trailer is what it's paul and chani it's zendaya and timothy Chalamet, and that is a shot that we speculated or at least i speculated or predicted is that is a future vision or something because he has the blue eyes she has the blue eyes they're in the future to some extent potentially it could be something that plays out in part two or later on so yeah that's this is not like oh let me just throw this out there like I'm just kind of making this up as I go along. Like this is something the marketing and Denny are both leaning into and saying Zendaya is a big, like, you know, she's a significant presence in this movie in a different way, but in the next movie and going forward in any capacity, she would be a, a huge, even larger uh, role. And I think that's something again, that is exciting and something to look forward to. And, you know, I think just, this was a great little article in the fact that he touched on so many different things that I thought, we're not only re, you know, establishing things he had spoken on before, or, but also hinting on some new things as well. I mean, the way he talked about, um, you know, his conversation with Eric Roth, the screenwriter, about, you know, making the female characters even stronger and, you know, really focusing on writing them in this movie because they needed to be done you know, justice in a certain way that maybe they weren't done previously. Um, Also talking about, like, the look of the film, like, his designs and the way he's shot it, you know, not wanting it to be almost like a polar opposite of Jodorowsky, what you might have expected from him. Like, it's just natural, like, color palettes, like, nothing too, like, flashy in that regard. Even the designs of the ships, you know, they're, like, kind of practical, but they are, like, these huge... Imposing figures in the movie, almost like characters in themselves. The ornithopter designs—I just thought this was a really good kind of battery of quotes that we could all kind of take something from, um, you know, regardless of what you're interested or excited about in the movie.
0: And and the last thing I wanted to say on on this article and some of the uh, all the discussions. Uh, Around that. I think, based on what we've seen so far, because we like uh, some of us who have seen the, the IMAX preview, we, we've seen the first ten minutes of, of the movie, and I mentioned this this back then. Like, there's a lot of new stuff in there, but it feels like uh, like Dune. So they're, they're they're not they're they're not changing the story. You don't have to worry that they're going to you know like. Change a major plot point in the story. This is going to be Dune, but what's what's happening here is uh, Denis. He, he has a deep understanding of the book. He you know it's it's been a important part of his life since when he he was a teenager, and he's basically expanding on on these these points. We've we've seen it with the introduction, um, even the arrival of uh, of the imperial ship coming to to, to meet. Uh, uh, House of Trades That we get that extra characterization. We see uh, Chani being be, being a narrator. Like none of this is changing the story of Dune. It's just adding to it. So I would say uh, th- there's really no no reason to be negative or concerned about this. Like j- just enjoy this this uh, vision that we're going to see uh, coming up on the screen. But it's the internet, and the
1: internet has to pick on something <laughs> once a week. <laughs> and this week it was poor Zendaya. <laughs> yeah, and let's not forget also is in spider-man 2 and that has a trailer heading soon so maybe it's trying to get her name out there again and remember hey she's in spider-man trailer coming soon creating more hype for
0: spidey and also dune third story for today is um the, the art and uh soul of dune so uh we knew that the, there's a making of dune book it's already been uh uh, up for pre-order, at least the standard version for for over over an year. So a lot of people are probably aware of it and was pre-order uh, have pre-ordered it. But last week the limited edition went on um, on sale. Uh, so Simon, did did you uh, order one? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't have I don't have an extra
1: six hundred bucks around else. <laughs> um, I, I honestly didn't think of like. If I had $600, would I spend on that? As much as I love Dune, no. No, unless Denise can come over and give me like an audio commentary. <laughs> and maybe we can zoom in like Timothy and Jason and like the rest of the team. Um, I did see earlier today before we recorded this that the Standard Edition is one of the top sellers on Amazon. So that's awesome news right there. Yeah. And look, I love those art books. Like I have all the Star Wars ones. I have even the nineties X Men cartoon one because that was a special thing for me back in the day. So I'm excited about getting my standard poor man edition <laughs> art book. <laughs> but so I think it's great. I'm curious if anyone's gonna get the deluxe awesome ultimate edition. You know, maybe Mark at Dune Info will will get it and he can you know go on zoom and turn the pages and tell us everything that he sees on it so but i'm excited i i'm mad at myself that i never got the blade runner 2049 from denis i think i might have to order that soon yeah, that, that was
0: a good one how, how about you johnny Were did you get it or were, were you tempted <laughs>
2: uh yeah well i've been because this the dune info you know um he had been talking about this last year. Like it's been a year basically since we first heard of this and he really kind of broke it. Um, So it it had been spinning around in my head. I never knew how much it was going to (laughs) cost. $600 is definitely like, I mean, let's be real. Like it's an absurd amount of money. Like it's an absurd amount of money. Um, But I had been plotting on it for like a year and I'd been talking to my girlfriend about it and it is coming out like right around my birthday as well. Oh, so yeah. I, I leveraged it and, and I am, she is going to get it for me for my birthday, <laughs> my, my, my one big birthday gift. And it is my, is my golden birthday as well. the Golden path. So, <laughs> um, I, uh, I kind of, I rationalized it that way, but typically I would never, uh, and also I like been so excited for this for like so many years at this point and like following it, I feel like it's a little, little pat on my back, uh, for that so but the the standard edition does look very like the standard edition book that is going to be in the limited edition as well like that's still like the main attraction i think anyone who likes dune or is interested in the movie or interested in those types of art books you're going to love the book um whether you pay you know 40 bucks for it or 600 bucks for it uh it's definitely worthwhile And, and the previews we've seen so far look really really
0: really cool yeah and um, if you haven't seen the preview pages, uh, check it out on the website, we'll also have like a link in the uh, description as well. So we actually have got um, six full preview pages of the, of the book as well as the interior uh, cover. And it's like shows a beautiful impression of, of Caledon. So we see Castle Caledon. Uh, we see the, um, the training room where, where Paul and, and Gurney uh, fight. And uh, we see the um, the Traders uh, frigates that are rising uh, above the sea, and that, that that was that was really interesting to, to see how uh, because it, it is a water planet. Uh, so even though the House Traders they, they have this this great um, space navy in terms of uh, their their planetary defense uh, forces, uh, they, they keep them under the water, which is uh, because their planet is all oceanic. Uh, Simon, did, uh, what did you think of those uh, preview pages? Gorgeous. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie, I downloaded the
1: pictures. I went to Photoshop, I zoomed in, zoomed out, trying to <laughs> see if I can find anything. And I'm happy also that it's formatted the way it is. It's not formatted like a standard book. It looks like when you open it, it'll be white screen. So you get more of the images, not a tall, like a normal sized book, if that makes any sense. Mm. I'm I'm interested. I'm still not paying $600 for it. But what's funny about that is one of my friends asked me, they're like, well, if Sideshow makes hot toys, are you going to get hot toys? <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to that. I have to see that and see how bad
0: that's going to hurt the pocket, Marcus. Did you order the six hundred dollars book? So I'm considering it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm still still thinking if I'm going to pull the trigger, but I'm going. I'm also going to have to decide fast because it's only the first um, seven hundred uh, copies that have the uh, the signature card because it it comes with uh, authentic. Uh, uh, signature from uh, the director, the the, the author uh, Tanya Lapointe, as well as uh, Timmy Chalamet, um, uh, jo- Josh uh, Brolin, and Greg uh, Greg Fraser. Um, so yeah, the, I I do think it's um, from a collector's perspective, it, it, it is a huge huge amount of money. Uh, but I guess uh, I was mentioning that, that as well, like from the perspective that we've been, been waiting for this this movie for uh, for, for now years and all the, all these, these delays. I guess if you are a collector, I would definitely see this potentially as worth the celebration. <laughs> I will say I
2: was surprised. Um, you know, I was talking to some people on the Dune Discord, like right when this came out and was announced, and like within mo- like minutes of it, um, like multiple people said that they bought it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, wow, like you, guys, you guys are no jokes. so that's yeah. exciting.
0: <laughs> and the, the other thing um, that's, uh, that's worth noting about this, um, the Art and Soul of Dune, is of course we had uh, talked about that um, a couple of uh, weeks ago, is that there is going to be a special soundtrack. Uh, for for this this art book. So Hans Zimmer, he, he's uh, composed a score of Dune. He's also composed a second album, which is extended uh, variations of those score. And he was uh, so inspired that he also, also wrote um, a soundtrack that contains um, extended versions, expanded versions, specially created for this art book, uh, intended to be a companion piece. And uh, what's really cool is that if you just simply sign up for Inside Edition's uh, newsletter, so there's also going to be a, a link on the on our article in the description, just sign up for the newsletter and you'll be notified when it's available to download for free. So um, so, so that, that's a great, like, so you don't have to purchase the, the book, but it's gonna be the perfect uh, uh, companion to, to read along. So if you get the collector's edition, does
1: Hans Zimmer come and play his whole entire score <laughs> for you?
2: I wish. Definitely, I will say with Hans Zimmer, well, it's really cool. He's doing so much for this movie. It seems like he was really into it. And it definitely doesn't have his name, you know, it doesn't hurt to have his name attached to the movie. Um, but I, I hope, and you know, I've always wanted to go, I don't know how often he does shows or like goes on tour. Of course, with the pandemic, that's like a whole situation that still has to be figured out. But when and if I do get the chance to see him in concert I am absolutely going to do it, especially now knowing he'll probably do some Dune music as well live. I think that would be uh,
0: pretty cool. So going to our fourth and last uh, story for today, Uh, we learned the news uh, this week that Total Film is going to be releasing their special Dune-themed issue on this Friday, so August 20th. And we've already seen a bunch of articles uh, published on their site releasing some of those, those interviews as well as some of those images. And we can expect... Uh, a lot more going on. Um, so I'll start with, with you, uh, Johnny, like uh, what have you, uh, what stood out to you in the coverage so far from from uh, Total Film? Yeah, I mean, this has been yet another really great crop
2: of quotes, I think, so far. And like, there's a little tidbits. Um, the main event, of course, though, is what was yesterday's news. Um, and that was uh, basically Denise saying, um, you know, I'm riding Dune Part two right now, like it's happening uh, in that regard. Like I'm working on it. Uh, I'm am really confident in the movie. Uh, you know, he said that everyone at Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers and Legendary is 100% behind it. Um, they think it's great. And he also mentioned how, you know, Dune as a property and as a, a film adaptation, David Lynch did not go over well, kind of goes without saying at this point. <laughs> um, the, the Dune miniseries, was, again, very much a niche kind of thing uh, that was had its ups and downs. I haven't seen it personally, but I know some people kind of take it or leave it. Um, so he really had to prove, I think, with this movie, and especially in the wake of Blade Runner 2049, which was, you know, not a complete, like, failure necessarily. It's kind of like, I guess, broken even, like on home video and whatnot. But that was a very, you know, another similar situation where you had a, a sequel to a movie that was... 30 years old. And, you know, it was a, the original was a, a cult classic, it was not like a very popular film. Um, and so there was definitely some, I think has been some hesitancy with Denis and like Dune and can you make it accessible? Can you make it into something that will be popular um, and make money and, and be a franchise? Uh, and I've said for, I mean, a long, long, long time now that there's literally never and could never be a more marketable accessible version of dune as a film than this like if you went into a lab and like created it from scratch i think that this is basically what you would come up with i mean you have zendaya you have timothy chalamet you have jason momoa oscar isaac like very big note like notable people um, very talented people behind the camera as well i mean hans zimmer the biggest name in film music is attached And Denis himself is just a very hot filmmaker in general. Uh, You know, Sicario is a hit, Arrival is a hit, Prisoner is really popular. Um, And this, again, all those other movies rated R uh, for the most part. Arrival being his highest growth, you know, biggest, you know, most successful film, PG 13. This is PG 13 as well. Um, And I think, you know, as he says in this article, basically repeating what I had been saying for a while now, especially in the wake of the IMAX event and all the good feelings coming out of that, um, I think this would have to be a complete and utter disaster failure (laughs) like to not warrant a part two. I think that it would have to be, you know, um, like worse than what we just saw with the Suicide Squad as far as Mm. the box office. Uh, That movie got really good reviews. Fans really like it for the most part. Um, and I think that enough, I mean, they went and gave James Gunn a TV show to make, they are, you know, are welcoming him back to do another movie when and if he wants to. I think that if this is really well received by critics, which I think is going to happen, um, really, really, really liked by the fans, which is pretty much guaranteed to happen just based on all the reactions so far, and then gets a good, you know, decent amount of average movie, moviegoers into the theater or streaming on HBO Max, I think that is all kind of a recipe for enough to warrant it. And it's kind of been said, you know, whether by me or other people that if there is a time that this movie could come out and not do very well and still get a sequel to happen, it's right now because with the pandemic, with the HBO max deal, it doesn't need to make that much money. Like it really just needs to make like the bare minimum. Uh, And I think that we will be in a good position. I think he says he's very optimistic, that's basically how I've been feeling. Um, and again, I mentioned the IMAX event that we went to because that I think was a very eye-opening kind of experience where I was like, wow, there's like there's a lot of people that are kind of excited about this. and They're like not who I would typically expect to be excited about it. Um, so as the marketing trend continues to you know plug along, there's been stories every single day. Um, I've said on the Discord talking about it, there's been more. Discussion, online chatter, online articles written about this movie in the last few weeks, than pretty much every other October movie combined. I mean, No Time to Die is still kind of biding its time, figuring out what it's going to do. Halloween Kills it kind of feels comfortable because it's a Halloween movie, and, and the first, the previous one did well. Um, Venom also just got delayed and is still kind of figuring itself out. Dune, on the other hand, because it has that HBO Max deal, it's full speed ahead. It has Venice, it has Tiff. Um, it's looking good. And also it's releasing in a lot of places, as Simon mentioned at the top of the show in September in you know, less than a month now from right. um, places like Italy, France, Mexico, um, some pretty big markets. So I think that'll be another thing that'll benefit it and uh, kind of just continuing that word of mouth. And part two is fingers crossed. It's looking, it's I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it. Um, don't
0: say anything until the show's over, but <laughs> uh, I would be curious to hear what you guys have to think as well. Yeah, and I think touching on the on the point about the the marketing, I think uh, a lot of people were were concerned about this long period of of quiet uh, that we had. But like, if you look at what's coming out now, th- this is ex- exudes confidence. I mean, this this shows that they're pulling out all the stops. They're they're going all out marketing this. Like no other movies have been marketing uh, this year. So I think if if anybody had any doubt that um, that the studios and like everybody behind this film believed in it, I think that 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 doubt can be. Um, removed, and I, I definitely feel feel really positive about everything we've um, we, we've seen so far. Uh, I think to to your point, like if if there's any time that that a movie like this could uh, do poorly, I think now this is the, the time. I think the expectations have been been set correctly. I mean, we do have you know some some concerning uh, situations, but that that's going to be taken into account. I mean, you, you have. Like anybody who's involved in this movie, they they know how how special it is. Uh, they're they're going to take the the situation that it releases in, into account. Uh, Simon, what are you your thoughts? Do you share like the uh, positivity about um, this uh, release and chances of a sequel? Oh yeah, I mean you're right.
1: The whole entire thing—it's the perfect time. It's been marketed more than anything that we've been talking about, and. Perfect example. IGN who put up those little teasers, I'm sure if they weren't interested in getting hits, because let's face it, they need to get hits for revenues for their website, would be like, yeah, it's okay. We don't really need this dune stuff. We can we can do Halloween kills, we can do venom, we can do we should have done a campaign for a suicide squad. But the people are getting excited about it. Unless it really bombs and like doesn't do well i think warner brothers will not give the green light and legendary but i think it's pretty much a go i wouldn't be surprised if like the day or even the weekend after it comes out officially here in the states that we officially hear that it's green lighted and maybe they'll announce some more cast. but it's it's ready said go i think it's good uh, I'm excited about seeing the total film images. Of course, they're coming out after we're done recording and <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about them next week and everything is just give me the movie. It's up to that point <laughs> of the hype. Like I'm jealous of, you know, my, my family in France, that gets to see it a little bit before we do, but you're right. The pandemic is playing a crucial part of it. If it didn't do the big blockbuster numbers that they were hoping for pre, pandemic, it's it's a different a whole entire different thing of marketing for movies right now. And I'm curious to know if they're gonna look at HBO Max numbers and being like, okay, so HBO Max subscriptions, did they go up when Dune got released? Did they go up during Suicide Squad? You know, did people do the free seven days or whatever trial just to see this movie? It's I think a lot of that is gonna be interesting. And the word of mouth, you know, nonstop advertising, the little teeters that we got, the magazines. I'm sure this isn't the end of it. I'm sure we're going to get a Rolling Stone <laughs> cover, <Definitely>. probably. <laughs> you know, it, it makes me think a lot of The Force Awakens kind of, who knows, maybe we'll even get a Vanity Fair cover, you know, of on the set of Dune. But it's very much the Star Wars hype market that we need for Dune. You know, the, the way I got introduced to Dune as a little kid, my, store, my parents had a store in France and someone told them, you guys should invest in Dune action figures because this is going to be a big thing. No one ever bought those action figures. <laughs> so I ended up with a bunch of them. But back in the day, they were hoping for that big market hit. And I think this is the time, you know, and I think film audiences are smarter than back in 84. I think we've evolved as film fans, and we want something deeper and more intelligent than no offense, a Schwarzenegger
0: movie. <laughs> and and to to your point, Simon, like uh, when it comes to HBO Max, I know that some people are so concerned about it, and but from my perspective, I'm not worried, worried at all. I mean, 100 that they are going to be looking at those those numbers. We we may not hear uh, hear the exact numbers or not may not get them immediately, but. Totally. You know, like Warner Media knows how much uh, uh, people are joining servers, how many people are, are streaming the, the title. So if mm. it does come to the situation, you know, where uh, let's say I, I hope it doesn't. But let's say that, you know, the Delta variant uh, like puts us back uh, into a, like a situation where, you know, theaters have to go into lower capacity, social distancing, all, all of that. And, mm. you know, it's a condition where the, the theaters j- just you know, a, a movie can't make uh, an expected box office, but then if they see that you know all these people are streaming it on on HBO Max, they they are going to take that uh, account. They're they're not stupid. They 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 have <laughs> access to those right. um, to those and numbers. I can, I can tell you right now. I mean, I'm going to see this movie probably.
2: I don't even know how many times it's in theaters. I mean, like <laughs> I saw Blade Runner in 2049 six times in theaters. Um, I expect this will be it, probably more than that. Um, but every time I go to the theater, I'm gonna leave my HBO max on <laughs> at home <laughs> and leave it streaming so that it's running when I'm gone. And at, at, when I'm lounging around my room, I'm just going to leave it on. I'm just going to rack those streams up. I'm going to be a total, I'm going to go total stand Like I'm on Spotify and a new album just dropped and I'm trying to get the numbers up. But, uh, I think to your also Simon mentioned an interesting thing as well. Like, you know, we're talking about this year and the, the, you know, the current environment, Uh, And how they're kind of gauging and judging these things. I mean, just look at, you know, a few off the top of my head that also, you know, Cruella, um, Free Guy, Godzilla versus Kong, like, especially Free Guy and Cruella. Those are movies that cost, you know, over a hundred million dollars. And they, you know... only made 200 million worldwide it was and that was at box office receipts it also made some money uh, via premiere access on disney plus we don't know what those numbers were but apparently they were good enough to get a sequel and they're good enough to pay emma stone 10 million dollars up front and stuff on the back end to get her to come back and free guy jungle cruise as well as another one jungle cruise and free guy very expensive movies like i said well over 100 million dollars didn't have very good, like opening weekends, like free guy opened to, you know, people were clapping and sharing. Cause it made like 28 million or 30 million or something. Um, Which is not no, a lot. Pre COVID. Not a lot. No, that would be like number was, four or five. Okay, yeah. Pre COVID time. And if this was, if this was pre COVID times, that movie would have been expected to open with 50, 60, maybe 70 million. This is a completely different atmosphere. So I think, yeah, it's, we're seeing that the the gauge for success, the gauge for what can warrant a sequel. You know, The Rock coming on Instagram or Twitter the next you know Monday morning, basically after release, and be like, "Wow, what a success!" Like, we're already talking. They're asking me about sequels. We're gonna have a meeting this week. As you you know, as Simon said, it wouldn't surprise me, especially that it will be open weeks in advance in some other countries and racking up box office there. Potentially, it wouldn't surprise me if the numbers are even decent that opening weekend. They like the streaming numbers, they like what it's been doing overseas, and they still have like China and Japan to come and things like that and, and you know later on. It wouldn't surprise me if they're like it, they're you know, this is looking good. We're rating this a success and we, we're happy with Villeneuve and how you know the cast and every all this other stuff. It wouldn't really wouldn't surprise me. Um but again, not counting any chickens before they're hatched, just, just gotta go through to the finish line and, and and keep our fingers crossed and keep chugging. But but There's going to be a ton of stuff between now and uh, and you know next month when it opens overseas, and also when it opens in two months in uh, the US. There's going to be a lot of articles and media coverage and and more advertisements and all types of stuff. So it's it's exciting. I'm just trying to enjoy the ride for now, and uh, you know I think the Venice premiere is really going to be that. It, everything's going to change after that. I think I think the whole conversation is going to be different when people can see it uh, and not just members of the industry but press and you know actual fans who are buying tickets and going to see it at Venice you know that are in the country and, and in Europe um, and people are going to be tweeting about it and they're going to take those I was mentioning this on discord you take those if these people are talking about it like oh my god this is like nothing you've ever seen or this is the new Lord of the Rings or all these other things that have been kind of tossed around if you take those quotes you take those ratings and reviews or whatever and you put them into Posters, you put them into online adverts, you put them into commercials on TV. That, that's that's going to amplify it and generate it into another another level, and that's what I kind of mean. Like once people actually see it, um, and I think that the rollout that they are kind of establishing, I think, is going to be good and, and work in its favor, regardless of HBO Max, regardless of, of Delta variant and all that, um, which is unavoidable, and we just kind of have to roll with the punches. Um, I'm excited. This has been a really good week and I'm looking forward to uh, the full total film article on Friday. These new videos we got characters coming out tomorrow. Um, It's a good time. Good time to be a fan, like
0: no doubt. Yeah, totally. And the the last thing I want to touch out on was was one other comment from uh, Denis in, in that article. So it was was again regarding the question of, of HBO Max when when he was asked about it. And from from my perspective, his his answer was uh, was quite reasonable, down to earth. You know, he was saying that uh, you know the, the the enemy of cinema is the pandemic. So he was really acknowledging that this is the situation that that. The world is, is in right now, and we have to face that. Uh, but having said that, his preference for, um, for people watching this in theatres was, was uh, quite clear, so he came up with the, uh, the, the line that, you know, watching this uh, on a TV screen is, is like uh, uh, driving a speedboat in, in your bathtub. <laughs> uh, what was your, your reaction to that? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that was, again...
2: People can, can talk and write whatever they want about this. As long as they're talking about Dune, I don't really care. Um, what he's saying is totally reasonable. It's the same thing he said in the variety letter that he did last December, almost a year Mm -hmm. ago, there's a pandemic. There's nothing we can do about it. He was happy to delay the movie 10 months. Um, and I think that was the right move. I think we can all agree on that. I think if, if it was up to him, maybe they would delay this until next year. Or, you know, I think he would be willing to wait as long as it took to make it happen. That's not realistic. These companies need to put movies out. They're wasting money. Um, and that's why they're accepting lower box office on some of these and will accept it on Dune if they have to, because they understand the situation just like Villeneuve does. Um, the enemy of cinema is the pandemic. That's just a fact. Um, and they're under a lot of pressure. And it is it is unfortunate the way it's happened. Ideally, he is an artist. He's made it with the idea that it's going to be seen in movie theaters and people are going to go to the theater and see it in IMAX. We know they shot it on IMAX. Um, but he understands the situation. He's just expressing his own wish about what could have been, um, not necessarily saying, you better go see us in an IMAX theater. You better go risk your health to see this movie and support it. And there's no other way to see it. I think he's saying, yeah, this was a tribute to the big screen experience. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you'd see it that way. Maybe, you know, he didn't say this, but maybe, you know, if they do a part two, they can re-release it in theaters and have people see it then. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think this is just, it's been blown out of proportion, uh, you know, of course, but uh, I think he's totally bang on. And I've seen other directors and filmmakers come out and speak in his favor about it from uh, Sean Baker, Edgar Wright, liked a tweet I saw that was saying something to the same effect. So yeah, it is what it is, but I I totally agree with him. I feel the same way I did last year when he was talking about it. Um, It's just a bummer the way this deal played out, but I don't think it's going to matter that much in the end. So I'm going to let you have final thoughts on that. Um, I love that quote about the (laughs) the speedboat
1: in the bath. Um, But Denise, a fan of the film, like the filmmaking progress, you know, the, the, the art of film, so, of course, he wants to see his dream project, the project that he's been dreaming of since he was a young kid, you know, in Montreal. Uh, if you're making the dream project that you want, do you really want it to be seen only on TV? No, you want people to experience it on the big epic screen. I'm sure you know, in 20, 30 years that people might compare this to Lawrence Arabia, how big an epic it is. So, Yes, go see in the theater, wear a mask, be a Fremen, don't be a Harkonnen. <laughs> sure. But you know what? There's, there's this great uh, stoic philosophy, says fate, love what happens. And that's what we have to do right now. Uh, Morafate, love it. Let's go see in the theater. Let's be safe. And let's stream it 24-7 on HBO Max. Because <laughs> <laughs> I might get an email from my Internet provider being like, "Uh, (laughs) sir, you hit your cap for data this month. So, yeah. right. I I think Denise completely right. And once again, it's someone that loves the art of filmmaking. And he only wants the best for his audience. So I think it's all good. Once again, I agree with Johnny. Any press is good press. You know, my favorite band has a quote that they said early on good, bad press, at least you're talking about us at the end of the day.
2: <laughs> that's what it is right now. And, and real quick, we all the three of us saw the IMAX preview. Um, yep. we've, and we had also seen footage in the trailer previously, whether it was on our phones or on our laptops or whatever. And, I, I, and I've, we've seen the trailer that they showed at the IMAX preview since then. Of course, it's been released and everyone's seen it. Like, I love the trailers. I love the way they look. I'm glad that everyone's liking them. They've been really well-received nothing compares to seeing it in the theater like nothing compares Uh to seeing it in imax the feeling i had watching it was just so different like magnified by that experience so definitely i mean you know it goes without saying your health comes first your financials come first if you can't afford to go see it for any reason don't do it you know do it whatever else you can but if you're you know vaccinated you wear a mask you know, take precautions. You got the money. Go, go see it once in IMAX. Go see it, you know, a couple of times at your, like, regular local theater. It definitely helps, you know, opening weekend more than anything else, you know, whether it's streaming, you know, or, you know, waiting to go see it later on, so.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I do hope for the people that don't have the opportunity to see it for whatever reason in theater, that they do that, like, you know, when part two comes out, have mm-hmm. that that double release. That that, that would be, a uh, yeah, I, I think it <laughs> makes, makes total sense. Yeah. So that was uh, that was uh, Dune talk for this uh, this week. Uh, lots of exciting stuff happening, and we'll be back again uh, next week to discuss even more uh, uh, more things happening all, all around the movie. Uh, so let's uh, first start with you, uh, Johnny. Where, where can people find uh, more of your your thoughts on Dune and other uh, other movie news? Yeah. So the number one place to find me is definitely on Twitter.
2: Uh, Johnny Sobchek is my Twitter handle, first and last name. Um, my last name is a little bit tricky, but S-O-B-C-Z-A-K. Um, and I'm also on Letterboxd, also on Instagram. Um, you can find me pretty much anywhere. I write for Inside the Film Room, so you can go follow them on any social media as well. I usually do articles and reviews. I can tell you right now, um, when Dune does come out, I will be the one writing the review for it. So look forward to that in a couple months. And uh, I also have a, a uh, Oscars, big awards piece that I'm writing and is going to be published right before Venice uh, and right before Dune premieres, which is going to give my predictions for what that might look like next year. And and Dune will definitely be
0: included, of course, but uh, yeah. Cool. Simon, where where can people find you on social media? Well, pretty much Instagram and Twitter. It's s Dowdy.
1: It's not my full name. It's just my first initial and last name. So it's S-D-A-O-U-D-I. Thank you for coming to my spelling bee. Marcus, thank you
0: (laughs) once again for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And this is uh, Marcus Gabriel, so you can find um, yeah uh, all of my articles on DoonNewsNet.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Uh, uh So, yeah, uh, th- thanks for joining us for this uh, exciting discussion, and there's going to be much more uh, next week. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to DuneNewsNet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.